Hey there, we hope that you are having a great day. We are Nathaniel and Amy White with The Homemade Family. You are catching us in the middle of a series of four keys to great relationship. Nathaniel and I are spending these four weeks sharing the um, kind of the four keys that gave us, that have really helped us build a very strong marriage. Some of them actually helped save our marriage. So we are on key number two today, but if you missed key number one, which was verbalizer feeler, absolutely transformed our marriage. You can catch that uh, last week's episode by going to www.thehomemadefamily.com and clicking on the podcasts, watch the video there. Or you can catch it on YouTube, search The Homemade Family, Nathaniel and Amy White, or anywhere where podcasts are found, search for Insight Now, The Homemade Family. So we are continuing our talk on four keys to great relationships, not just marriage relationships, but also um, these are great tools for great relationships Any, with your kids yeah. or other, other people that you're with commonly. Um, so today's topic is the law of pursuit. We are going to be talking about pursuit and how to do that and what it is and how that's a great key to keeping healthy relationships. Yes. So <clears throat> the law of pursuit says that whatever you pursue, you will develop passion for. And the beauty of this is it debunks a common lie or myth that a lot of us have been taught about relationships or maybe that we assume about relationships that it's that we pursue things because we're passionate about them. Like, Hey, I kind of was into you. Therefore I pursued you for a relationship. Like I asked you for a date cause I, I thought you, there was maybe something special there. Um, it, the, the truth is, um, it can start with an in, with some level of interest, but our passion for someone doesn't grow because um, we fell in love. Like it was this accident that happened. It happened because we were pursuing somebody. Um, so there's kind of two things on this just to round out the introduction. One is um, I love something that Chris Valentin says about this, that if you just fell in love, falling is an accident. And if you had that accident once, like there's nothing in that to keep you um, in love with somebody. It's completely out of your control, out of your hands, out of your ability to influence. You could fall out of love. You could fall in love with somebody else. And you're just a victim of the whims of your emotions. And that obviously isn't a path forward towards healthy relationships or thriving marriages or thriving relationships, connection with our kids or with friends or that we care about or any of those kinds of things. And so um, it's important for us to understand we do have influence over, over the passion that we feel towards somebody. Um, what this also does is that it, this isn't just like, oh yeah, love is a choice where you're going to grit your teeth. And even though your marriage is getting colder and colder, you're like, I'm going to choose to love you, even though it's extremely painful. It's actually, this gives you the ability to stir up the fire and the passion that it's not on you wooing me. It's on me wooing my own heart for you. Yeah. And well, love is a choice. Love is a choice. And <laughs> it can become a lot easier if we have some of these keys and tools to, to keep it more passionate and easier yeah. to just keep flowing in it. 
So just to give a couple of examples that will help you see that this really is true. Um, you know, it, sports teams are a great example because sports teams have rabid, wild, crazy fan bases. And, and I mean, these are millions of people who watch the games buy pay money to attend games, to, uh, upgrade their own home theater systems to buy the the jerseys and the hats and the 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 whatever other products like they, there there are billions of dollars spent um, on sports teams and for the most part those sports teams don't know a single one of their fans by name like maybe a very very select few are known by name because they are the most wild, the most over the top, the most crazy for their team. But for the most part, there are thousands and thousands, if not millions of fans of each of these teams, and they have no idea that you exist. And the and I have seen this in my own life. I grow more passionate about the teams I follow when I make a point of watching their games, when I make time for that, when I make a point of reading up about the games or reading articles on the teams, all of those kinds of things, those acts of pursuit actually cause me to feel more anxiety about, are they winning? Are they losing? How's the game going? Um, in other words, it increases my passion for the team. So those are just, that's just examples. But the rest of our time, we're going to give you tools for how you can pursue your spouse or other key relationships on purpose. Yep. So the first one is having a common pursuit. This is something that we do together or um, that keeps us moving in the same direction in life. Uh, like there, we have this example of our kids just did a community play and because they were a part of the community play, they got to meet a bunch of new people. And they were all working to build the same thing, doing the same thing, going the same direction, hoping for the same outcome. And they developed some really quality relationships through that because they had a common vision, they had a common purpose, and they had a common pursuit. So having that common pursuit actually gives us space to develop relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. Now we can do this in our homes with our family, but specifically with our spouse. So there are lots of ways to build a common pursuit. With Nathaniel and I, we work together. <laughs> we co-educate our kids, you know, we work in the same job. We're always at this, at, like we just, we live together. We do everything in life together. So it's really easy for us. But what about when you work outside of the home and, you know, your husband has one job, he's going one direction, you're going, you have your job, you're going the other direction, your kids are in school and they have their sports. And so there's not a common pursuit. Everybody kind of seems to be on their own field, doing their own thing, pursuing their own thing. That is the prime opportunity for people to grow apart from each other and to actually become closer to coworkers and sports people and students at school. So we have a list of just some things that can help you to stay on a common pursuit with your spouse and with your family. Right. So, so um, really anything that you are able to do together that gets you dreaming together, thinking together, planning together, working together, those can all be things that become common pursuits that bring you together. 
um, emotionally that be, that become a pursuit that that draws you together internally. Um, so, I mean, hey, go garden together, decorate your house together, do um, do a remodeling project together. You can travel together. You can serve in church together. Um, you know, even just attending church, making it a point and a purpose. We're going to do this together every single week. Um, that this is something we do. We go to church together. But if you go beyond that, even to we're going to serve together in church. And that doesn't even have to mean like, oh, you're both on worship team together. You know, maybe one of you just really does not have any musical abilities and you can't do that. Okay, that's fine. One of you can do worship team. The others maybe serving as greeter or serving at, in kids ministry or whatever. But but you're still then engaging in the same purpose, the same mission. You're still it, it, drawing your hearts towards that same goal. Um, or maybe you lead a home group together or whatever. Like there's lots of things that you can do. One of the things that we do that is a carryover from um, my family growing up is Friday night is pizza and movie night. It, it is, we are going, and it doesn't always work out that we can do it on Friday night. We, we try to keep Friday night special. Like tonight we got a little mini men's retreat. So I will be gone with my boys. It'll be just Amy and Adonaya. And I think actually Simeon is like, I'm peopled out from traveling and having a conference last weekend. I might stay home too. Um, but whatever, we'll have pizza and movie night tomorrow night. Um, so some of these things can be flexible, but we just, we make it a priority. Um, meal times, we eat together. This is a priority. These things that continue, that we pursue together, that bring us together, they actually do bring us together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just real quick recap on that uh, common pursuit. There are three kind of main categories that we came up with that you can choose items to pursue together. One is your hobbies. I mean, that can be that can be sports. You know, maybe your whole family is really into football. And so you go to football games and you do fantasy football and you watch the football things and you just really make this a family common pursuit, you yeah. know, or maybe your kids are in sports. So any any hobbies, he was talking about gardening or doing things. Um, the other category then is causes. Like you guys could become passionate as a family to pursue um, feeding the poor and the hungry or doing service projects around town or feed my starving children's a great one, you know, to find actual causes to get behind as a family, um, even just uh, reducing your plastic intake and things like this, just make it a whole family deal where you're all working on the same cause and pursue that together. And then the other category really is dreaming together. You know, you guys can all be working in different jobs as long as you're end vision is still the same <coughs> excuse me and so dreaming together spending the time to dream together yeah. so common pursuit Did yeah and yeah i just want to add one little thing on the <coughs> common pursuit um particularly like dreaming together okay so retirement goals having a financial plan these kinds of things like okay well you've got your job and i've got my job but we're actually pooling the money together. It's not like this is my income and your income. This is our income. And we're, and, and each of us is serving something bigger than ourselves. So that my career is not about my career. It's about family goals and our goals together as a couple. So it, the career isn't something that separates us. It's something that actually brings us together. So I'm working for you 
even when I'm apart from you. So these are the little things that just, again, it can bring us together. And I want to say that I, I wanted to give that example specifically because statistically speaking, one of the most common times when divorce happens in marriage, it's like within the first five to seven years. And then at 20 to 25 years um, are the two most common windows when divorce happens statistically in America. And I think that the reason behind that is basically like the kids leave the house and all of a sudden that thing that forced us into common pursuit um, is gone. And we realize we have no connection. We have no relationship. We have nothing in common. And, and I'm like, oh, well, who are you again? And oh, by the way, I actually feel a lot closer to these other people that I've been working with for years in my career or my job or my hobby while you've gone and done your thing. There's been nothing to bring us together. And so this is something that really powerfully protects marriages, protects relationships, um, especially through those, those transition periods where some of these naturally um, decrease in your life. Yep. Okay. So tool number two for uh, helping you to pursue your spouse is something that we call first fruits. First fruits is whenever you have an experience the first time that you relay that information to somebody, there's a lot of emotion attached to it and it it's really hyped up. But then you tell the second person and it's a little less emotional and a third and a fourth. And finally, you're telling it as if it was old news. Right. So one of the ways that we guard and protect our relationship and help to so specifically into pursuing each other is that we really make sure to only share those experiences, we share them first with our spouse. So if you are like out on a retreat and something amazing happens, you call your spouse first, not your best friend or not the person walking through the office and tell them before you tell anybody else. Sometimes right. that can be hard because all of a sudden, you know, you've had this amazing experience happen and you go into the break room and five friends are there and you want to go, ah! because it all feels really big, but hold it for just a minute. Call and tell your spouse first. Um, this is the same thing when pursuing our children with these things too, is like they are having these experiences at school or at play practice for us. And Nathaniel and I would both get in the car and drive to pick them up because we didn't want to miss all the first fruits. When they come out of those experiences, they're filled up. They had all these things to share. And I didn't want to be the second one in line to receive it because once you get all the first initial emotion out, it was a lesser deal the second time that you tell it. Right. Well, and oftentimes if your kids are anything like ours, they, the second or if you're like our kids, the second time that you sh they shared things, they wouldn't even share half of what they shared the first time. Yeah, It was like the first time they're tripping over each other, talking <laughs> at the same time. You're having to work to decipher, to slow them down to like, hey, I can only hear listen to one of you at a time. And you're actually having to, to put work in to slow them down. But if you wanna get them like 15 minutes later, they're now home. They've already shared their their full wad of, this is what happened at practice today. And now you're like, hey, what happened to practice today? And they're like, oh, it was good. You know, and so these are the things that this is first fruits. It, it is 
obviously where there's even just from the the sharing of that information there's a building of a connection a deepening of a connection how can i connect to you if i don't even know what's been going on if i don't even know what's happening how can i how there's nothing there to connect with right so even just having that information from somebody sharing first fruits with you it's like oh now i have something to relate with somebody something to talk with you about something to connect with you on um so yeah, just, I love what Amy was saying. You know, you're at work, you get a raise, you get a promotion, you get an, an attaboy, an girl, just some, a, a bonus, a whatever, something good happens. You met your goal for the month when you're only two thirds of the way through the month. And, and it's like, woohoo, this is really awesome. Whatever it is, you know, um, just share that with your spouse first mm-hmm. instead of with, um, you know, like, like she said, coworkers, I just wanted to try to put some specific practical kinds of examples and, and hopefully that, that works for you guys. Yeah. And for our faith filled followers here too, you know, anytime the Lord is giving you new and fresh revelation, make sure that that goes to your spouse and your, your family first, before it goes out to everybody else. Like you, you get these things and the Lord's speaking to you. Hi, Dave champion. He says, hi guys. It's good to see you, Dave. Um, Yeah. So just making sure that you're sharing like the first experiences and part of this is being intentional too to be there when your spouse comes home or your kids come home or connecting with them at the end of the night and asking them specifically about certain things that you know are going on in their life. I always ask my kids like, hey, what was the highlight of your day or what really made you feel something emotional today? And allowing them to have that time. So it's, you know, in the busyness of schedules, it's easy to kind of put people aside or run off or when your kid comes in and they are full of emotion and chatter, you know, it's like, Oh, I just got home from work and I'm really tired. But, you know, take that extra moment just to sit and listen, because that first fruits sharing that emotional connection of a new experience or something really does deepen the relationship and help with pursuit. Yeah. It's treasure. Um, And, and if you're the introvert or the, or the internalizer, make a choice. We we have one particular child who's very quiet, normally and naturally. And we're having to work with him on the process of, hey, it's not that you don't know what to say or you're not articulate. It's not that you don't have words. It's just things are moving through your mind or your insides so quickly that, that words are too slow for what you're feeling. And so we're having to help him grab onto something look at it internally long enough that words can form around it and make the choice. I'm going to communicate about this. Yes, there's other things, but I can get to those later. I'm going to communicate on this. And, and because otherwise we never know what's going on. And so if that's you, or if that's your spouse, if that's your kids, then just recognize this way of pursuing it really actually is important and you're going to need to make a choice to engage with it. All right. Our next way that we pursue um, our spouse is with our thought life. What are you thinking about? (laughs) Amy's so good with this. Yeah, especially towards your spouse. Um, The Lord told me that before we got married or while we were engaged or really early in my marriage, I don't know, the Lord was speaking to me one day and he said, Amy, the health of your marriage starts in your mind. And I will tell you that this has been a journey of intentionally 
pursuing and captivating thoughts and to keep my thought life towards my husband good so that we could have a strong, healthy marriage because your brain is actually wired to, um, it, they're kind of, our brains are kind of lazy. They just want the easiest path, you know? Right. And so they, they think on the most traveled thought ways, the most traveled, um, neural pathways. And so if you are used to seeing that your husband always misses taking out the trash or they always leave their underwear on the floor, your brain is also wired to see the thing that you see most frequently and to reinforce that belief by showing it to you over and over. Right. And so, so it can actually make you blind to the good things that are going on. Yes. It doesn't mean that there aren't good things going on. Probably there are good things going on, but because what you're feeding on is creating a well-worn, well-traveled pathway towards the negative that is going on, uh, it, it's like it is making that the only thing you see so that it, it, it can become a negative fueling fire of anger and disappointment or bitterness or whatever, like my husband is just a lazy, no good, blah, 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 blah. And all I feel when I think about my spouse is the things that bother me because that's all I've let myself feed on. Yes. But the opposite also works where if you intentionally cultivate those roadways towards seeing the good things, then naturally that's what you're going to tend to see just naturally. Yep. And until it's actually harder to see the bad things. So here are a few keys to help you actually meditate on and create new neural pathways in your brain so that you can see your husband's or your wife's good or your child's good yeah. instead of the place where your child or is your repeatedly failing. Good. <laughs> or your own good, yes. So you can't just tell a thought not to be there. You actually have to replace the thought with a new thought. So when we have couples come to us who are in a bad place in their relationship, like fighting, disconnected, the first thing that we do is we're like, okay, what is something that you love about your spouse? What's something that they do well that you admire? What is what are their features that you find most attractive? <laughs> what about their character that you find most attractive? And then you just you write those down and then you have to do kind of three things is the way that you learn it. You look at it, you say it out loud and you think about it, you hear it. And then you practice it over and over. So we when like I, I have this one post where and saw Nathaniel out mowing the yard and I was looking at him mowing the yard and I just began to practice this. My husband is so handsome. He's so helpful. He's such a good dad. He, you know, and I just began rehearsing these things over and over and over in my mind until it just happens naturally. Every single time I look at my husband, I say something to myself about, how his eyes look or <laughs> about his big muscles, you know? And then we begin to declare these things out loud. Tell them what you're thinking about them, you know? And so the practice of meditation is to think on the same thing over and over and to declare and say the same thing over and over 
until it just becomes a natural part of the way that we see and the way that we think. Yeah, that's so good. Um, <clears throat> I, I want to add to this um, because obviously this doesn't mean that you're all of a sudden married to a perfect person who never makes any mistakes and there's not any bad to see. Um, it just means that's not what you're feeding on. And, and there is still room, even while you're feeding yourself regularly on, on a steady diet of the good things your spouse does, there is still room to see, Hey, this actually is really unhealthy, or this actually is concerning to me, or this actually is hurtful when you do this to me. Um, or when you just do this, um, or, Hey, I think that this is an area that you're blind in that I really wish you would see better. <laughs> you know, all of those things, those are still totally on the table. You can have those conversations. You can still confront your spouse or your children or your best friend, wh whoever this applies to, you can still confront them about, um, about things in their life and they need you to. You know, uh, there's, I, this is another thing Chris Valentin talks about that I've heard him talk about, but he's like, you know, there's a whole bunch of us, most of us, uh, we, we have a front room and there's an elephant in the front room stinking the place up and breaking things, but we decorate the front room to look like a jungle so that it looks like the elephant belongs. And we actually don't even realize that it's there because the nature of deception is it's deceiving. And so we actually need people in our lives, trusted voices who, who can come to us. And we've given this permission to them that they can come to us and say, hey, are you aware your living room smells like elephant dung? Like you need to get rid of this elephant in your front room. Um, and you're like, wait, really? Like, I thought this was normal. No, 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 this is not normal. Actually, it's unhealthy and we can totally help you. Like we're here with you. We love you. We care about you, but you're better than this. And we want to help you rise above this, you know, things like that. Those are actually needed conversations to happen. Yeah. Um, one more thing about guarding our thought life about our spouse too, is that um, we need to have a pretty uh, strong filter up that we would begin to catch these things too when they're happening. But very often moms, especially will get together and then we'll start talking about, you know, the the stupid things that our husband did or the stupid thing that our kid did. And the next thing you know, every mom's like, you know, really? Yours did that? Well, my kid did this and my kid did that or my spouse did this and my spouse did that. And pretty soon you're just kind of having this wonderful, um, funny bash session. Only it's not really funny because they become the things that you are feeding on and and saying about your spouse and that becomes your thought life and your meditation and then when you go home you see your spouse doing it again and it becomes a bigger offense and yeah. so really being aware especially ladies when you're together with all the other ladies and moms to guard your your thought not just your thought life but what bandwagons you're jumping on and not allowing those things to come out of your mouth. In fact, when you are in those situations, I would challenge you to find something positive to say 
that your spouse does well or that your child does well or that you do well and watch how the conversation changes it's or dies <laughs> or dies like people amy has like, done this so many times <laughs> where like here's the conversation's trajectory and it's like and starting she, to go it down, hits down, her down. and she's like actually my husband is really amazing so he does this, this you know? he's so good at this and all of a sudden everybody's like <laughs> Or the common thing about like, oh, wow, you really have your hands full or teens are such hard work, like just or just wait till they're teens, you know, and I actually grab that twist it around and say the positive like, actually, no, you know what it it is busy, but it's fun, you know, or there's so much life in this season because there is abundant life in yeah. a toddler household. There's, you know, so much life and energy or, you know, but actually teens are super wise and they're good helpers. And, you know, so just just begin to catch those and turn them around. Um, also, as you're scrolling Facebook and Instagram and all the other things, you're going to come across memes that are, you know, like, oh, the man cold or the, you know, and those things actually can plant little seeds in you the that will cold. lead you <laughs> to have judgment towards your spouse or your kids or yourself. And so be sure that you're just, you know, washing those away and keeping your thought life just immediately declare a positive instead of that negative um, to help really build your thought life. And I think we should save this one for next week. All right. We'll save that one for next week. All right. So again, the law of pursuit is that your heart will tend to grow fonder and more in love with the thing that you are intentionally pursuing. Yes. And so three ways to intentionally pursue your spouse and your family. Again, a common pursuit first fruits sharing with them first and guarding your thought life. That's yeah, that's it. Pick one of those, pick <laughs> yes. one of those. I would encourage each of you listening or to this or watching this, pick one of those. And, and if you're a single person, pick a best friend that you want to grow that relationship or Hey, pick yourself, pick the Lord. Like I know that this is one I've been working on lately is the list I keep of like, God, these are the things that you promised, but I've been disappointed. Like, okay, I got to get away my from those. List. My disappointment <laughs> list. I'm, I'm traveling that road. List? I'm traveling that road too frequently. And I need to start building the testimony list and intentionally guarding my thought life to go down the testimony list instead of the disappointment list. So you can do this with the Lord. You can do this with yourself. Just self-care instead of beating yourself up every day, get to the end of your day and write down three things you did well that day or three things that you're thankful for from that day or whatever it is. You can do these things to start changing the way you think about yourself, your self-relationship. So I don't care who you are. If you're not married, pick the Lord, pick yourself, pick a best friend and pick one of these things, a common pursuit, the first fruits, who you share the, the experiences you have with. Um, first and your your thought life pick one of those three things and build on that build with it this week use these tools and tell us how that changes your relationships this week thank you guys for joining us um, as always please feel free to message us or comment if you have anything to add or questions about that or any topics that you'd like to hear us talk about we'd we'd love some feedback and interaction and as always please if this was helpful for you go ahead and share it with your friends and we will catch you here next week as we continue our four keys to great relationships god bless you